worship is fantastic. I love it. I love worshiping with you. You may have a seat. A couple things before we get started. I have this sign. And uh, we, we made these signs. And I'm, I'm going to ask, as you leave today, if you want to take one, you can take one. They're, they're going to be right out to your left. I'm going to have a couple people handing those things out for you. Uh, last, last time it was Noel and Vicky. Hopefully they're still here to do that. If not, Michelle, M- Michelle will help me with that uh, after the service. But yeah, grab one of these signs. I, I want to put a stake in the ground everywhere. I want to take the city. I don't care about COVID. I want to take the city. I want to take the city for Jesus. And so this fall, we're going to be, we're going to be going into a, a whole series on God's story. And so I'm going to challenge people to open their homes to anyone who may want to dive into more of what's talked about on Sunday. Uh, and we'll have a teaching team that's going to help us it, for small group purposes uh, do that. And, and, and so we're giving out all these signs. If you watch online, if you're watching online, come to church sometime this week. Grab one of these signs, stick it in the ground, and says, hey, Church on the Hill meets right here. If you're going to host a small group, stick it in, the, in, in your front yard and say, hey, God's moving right here in this home. Wherever you may be, stick it in the ground. I want people to know that God is moving. Are you guys with me this morning? All right, sweet. Hey, on, on, get out your phones because I'm going to ask you to use your phones at the end of the service. But get out your phone if you wouldn't mind for me. And, and I want you to mark on your calendar 829. That's Saturday night, 6 o'clock. We are going to do an outside praise and worship service. Hey, if in Portland they had a few thousand people just praising God last night, why can't we just... I don't know, go crazy here at McMinnville and praise God together with our, with our worship team, right? So, so, so Saturday night, August 29th, 6 o'clock, right out here. And I, if you're watching online and you're a kid, man, I'm going to try my best to have ice cream truck night too. We'll see if I can pull that one off. I don't know with COVID what that means, but they'll all be individually wrapped. So parents, rest easy. It'll be safe. I just want to tell you I love you guys. And I... I, uh, yeah, this week, man, during 21 days of prayer, it's a big deal for me. And, and it, it just, as I'm praying for you, I just, man, I'm just moved as I think about each of you. And, uh, and, and it's just not something I say. If you want to know how much I love you, know this, that at minimum, once a week, you are being prayed for. I'm asking for God to move in your life, to transform you. And I just want to, I just want to tell you that. Every Saturday, for sure. Now, during 21 days of prayer, it's every night for 21 days. I'm asking for God to move. I have a favor. So, so on Friday, I was so moved that I couldn't help but send a church-wide email. Just telling you, thank you. And I was going to start typing stuff, right? And I'm like, there's too much. So I just did dot, 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 thank you for everything. I mean that. Thank you for everything. It is a joy and a privilege to serve. It's an honor to serve as your pastor, man. It's an honor to be included into your life. And I'm so thankful that God has, has included you in my life because you're helping me become more like Christ. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, man. I love you guys. I have a favor to ask, though. This week, I'm calling it Men's Week. Women, you're invited, but I'm still calling it Men's Week. Men's Week for 21 Days of Prayer. I'm going to challenge you as a man. I mean, if you are a real man, and I'm looking at you right now on camera, every single person that's online right now, if you are a godly man, I'm asking you to give me one hour this week, 6.30 to 7.30. 
I don't care which night it is. How about this? No, no. If you are a God, I want you to step up the plate. I want you to give me the whole week. Every night, be here praying. Now, if you got a spouse or a girlfriend or kids or some friends saying, hey, what are you doing? I'm going to go pray. What? No, I'm going to go pray for you. That's what you tell them. I want to go pray that God moves in you because it's the kind of man I am. I pray for my people. So I'm asking every man in this room, come at least once. I want your whole week, 6.30 to 7.30. Join me, and I will give you something to pray for each night as a man because this is what godly men do. And then let's see what God does in this community. Are you guys, are you guys following me this morning? You guys up for that? I feel like I could just go crazy right now on, on, a, on a different type of message. But, 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 but whatever you do, men... Women, kids, teens, whatever you do, do for the glory of God. Let's pray. God, please prepare us to receive your word this morning. Open, open our minds and hearts to your truth, because your truth is what sets us free. And your spirit comes in and just works that truth, God. This morning, we're looking at this whole thought, this, this message that you gave to Paul, and we want to live this way. Whatever we do, we want to do for your glory. Whatever we do, we want to do for your glory, God. Everything, every word, every thought, every action, everything we want to do for your glory, God. So please have your way in us. In your mighty name, we pray and ask. Amen. I was in uh, a seminary class. So this is back in like the 2002 to 2005 time period. And, uh, and it's a Monday class. So we have Monday, Wednesday, Friday kind of class schedule works that way. So it's Monday morning. We're in this class. And we come off the weekend and, and this girl raises her hand, one of my classmates, and says, hey, I want to share about how this scene in this movie moved me deeply. It was like a spiritual awakening for me. So she goes on and she describes the scene. And when she gets done, another classmate, another, another, another woman in the class, she says, whoa, whoa, that was a rated R movie. Christians don't watch rated R movies. You shouldn't be watching stuff like that. Well, as you can imagine, that set off a lively debate in that class that day. And we begin to have this discussion about all this, all this stuff, like what, what can you do as a Christian and what you can't do? And I'll, I'll talk about a couple, a couple of the things. One person actually raised the question, hey, can you be Christian and eat meat? I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, you can. That's, I, I think you can. And, 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 it's, and of course, people say, oh, can you be Christian and drink alcohol and smoke and that kind of stuff? And then there's another funny question. It's funny now. Can you be Christian and use the internet? That tells you the time period that I was living in at that point in time. Like, some people thought it was the devil, right? You know what I mean? So we shouldn't, we shouldn't do it. It's funny to think about that now, right? Because it's all we're on is the internet, seems like, right? Then someone said, can you gamble and be Christian? Now, on that one, I couldn't help myself but interject and just have a little bit of fun. My lawyer mind was taking over. I said, well, how many, can I just ask a question? How many people here go to, like, do they still have Chuck E. Cheese? It's like a kid arcade thing, right? How many people go to Chuck E. Cheese or how many people go to the arcade or how many people like buy video games and everyone's raising their hand? I said, yeah, that's your entertainment, right? And, and you just basically throw money away. At least when you gamble and you go for entertainment, you have a chance to win something. So maybe that's being a better steward of the finances that God's given to you. People didn't go with that logic, but I couldn't help but say it, right? And then, then we had this one other dude in the class, and the dude was a dude, right, guy, and he really got things hyped up, because then he asked the question, hey, can you be Christian and kiss on the first date? Can, how, wait, 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 can you be Christian and, well, how far can you go without going too far? 
Hmm. And I began to learn about new phrases I'd never heard of before at that point in time. Because remember, I'm in my 30s and most of these students are in their 20s. I, I never knew what NICMO was. Like, can you be a Christian in NICMO? I'm like, what is, what, what is NICMO? That's non-committal makeout. I mean, I, I think that kind of answers itself by definition. That's probably not a Christian thing to do. But I was like, okay, right, whatever. Right, right. So, 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 so what I love about the Bible, not, not everyone loves this, but I love the fact that the Bible doesn't give us black and white answers on everything. But it gives us guidance. And so in this class, this professor was just letting this play out over the course of the class. And at the end of the class, the whole class period, he said, hey, look, think about what we talked about. And we'll come back and, and maybe hit a, two, a couple highlights on Wednesday. And, and, and then we'll move on. So the next day, I'm, I'm, I'm at school and I'm, I'm in the cafeteria. And I, I hear some of my colleagues still talking about, oh, can you do this and be Christian? Can you do that? La, da, 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 da. Next day, Wednesday morning, we come back to this class. And the conversation has less anger and emotion and it is a little bit more thoughtful. And at one moment, the woman who was vehemently opposed to any Christian watching a radar our movie, she says, hey, I was giving it some thought, and I think I've changed my mind. We all stopped and like, whoa, because she was so passionate just two days before. So the professor said, hey, well, can you explain? What changed? She goes, yeah, I was thinking, and I, I was thinking about this movie Footloose, which was rated PG, by the way. Everyone started laughing in the class, right? Because remember, she was against any movie that was rated R, right? Nobody laughed at 9 o'clock to that either. So I don't know. That's just a bad, it's a bad joke. Sorry. So she said, she said, yeah, I was thinking about that movie, and it's, a, it's about a conservative Christian town that banned dancing, which caused kids to dance more. And they finally realized that not all dancing is sin. So I was thinking that maybe, maybe making rules for everything, maybe trying to make everything black and white is not a healthy thing, really not a godly thing to do. And then the other woman who had no problem watching a rated R movie, she said, hey, you know what? I have to confess that I think maybe I've changed my mind too. I've realized that maybe I should be a little bit more careful about what comes into my mind because what comes into my mind has a tendency to stay there. And they do rate movies for a reason, to prevent kids from seeing certain things. So if it's not good for a kid, maybe it shouldn't be good, maybe it shouldn't be good for me either. So this debate illustrates the fact that the Bible leaves a lot of questions unanswered, which then, which then allows us to think, and it's okay to think, which allows us to think under the leading of the Holy Spirit. And just because the Bible doesn't answer any, every, every single question, every issue, every dilemma of life, doesn't, doesn't mean it doesn't give us guidance. It does give us guidance. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, let me set this up before, we, before I read this verse. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul, Paul again in Corinthians, he's, he's writing this letter to this church that's really trying to figure out what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And they're wild, and they're crazy, and they're doing some crazy things, and he's giving them these instructions. And, and in chapter 10, he's, he's talking about the fact that while everything may be permissible, not everything is beneficial. And then he gets in discussion about meat sacrifice to idols. He says, if you go to a home, and if you're if an unbeliever sets in front of you some meat that's been sacrificed to idols, it's okay. Just eat it. You know what I mean? Don't, don't make a big deal out of it. But if in another situation, if, 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 there is, if there is meat sacrificed to idols and someone says, oh, that meat's been sacrificed to idols, then, then maybe for that person's benefit, just, just don't eat. Just don't eat it. It's okay. And then he says this at the end, near the end. He says this in verse 31. He, just, he goes, this is how I want you to think. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And then he goes on and says, and don't ever, just don't be a stumbling block for anybody. 
So whatever you do, do for the glory of God. So instead of asking, can Christians do X or can Christians do Y, the better question is this, can I do this in the name of Jesus for his glory? And that's the, can I do this in the name of Jesus for his glory? Our lives as Christ followers are, are so completely immersed with Jesus. As Ainsley read to us earlier in Colossians chapter 3, we actually died with Christ, and then we actually rose with Christ, and Christ actually lives within us. And so our ethics, that is, that is our foundation for how we live, must be tied to our identity in Christ. I mean, we must reflect Christ's image in everything we do. And so because Christ lives in us, you hear me on that? Like Christ actually lives in us now. Because Christ actually lives in us and because Christ is what we live for, the question really isn't about what is right and what is wrong. The question is, is simply this. Does this... Whatever this is, does this glorify God? If it does, do it. If it doesn't, don't. Then the question becomes, how do you know if this, whatever this is, brings glory to God? How do we know if this, whatever this is, we can do in the, in the name of Jesus? And that is a good question. And so just let me give you a couple, a couple principles to analyze that. And the easiest is first. The first question you always ask, does the Bible say anything about this particular issue, right? If it does, follow the Bible. That's, that's what God's truth is, right? So sometimes there are black and white. Mm-hmm. Like, don't engage in fornication. Pretty simple, right? It's an ungodly behavior. Don't gossip. Pretty ungodly. Okay, can I gossip? Mm, well, the Bible says no, it's not good because it breaks relationship, so I shouldn't do it. Make sense? Okay, so, but what do you do when it's not? Like, that's what we're talking about here. When, when there's not a black and white answer, how do we analyze that? Well, we, I think he asked these three questions. How does this issue relate to God's creative intent? How did God create things to be? So, for example, God created what? Male and God created female, right? I don't hear anything else. Did you? Male or female? Do I need to say more in helping us analyze current issues? And and then the question is not just how does this relate to, how does this particular issue relate to God's creative intent? The next question to ask is this how does it relate to the cross? What was the point of the cross? Jesus died for our sin so that we could have new life. Right? So, so, that, so that God could remake us in Christ. So just because I may have a desire or a tendency, that does not make it godly. Jesus died to remake that desire into a godly desire. Are you guys following me here? Do I need to say, do I, do I need to spell it out anymore? You guys with me? 
And then the next question is, you don't just ask, how does this relate to God's creative intent? Or how does this relate to the cross? But then you ask, how does this impact a Christian community? Does it move it forward? Does it bring unity? Does it cause dissension? What is it, okay? Those are the questions that you use to try to figure out if something is a godly behavior or not, if I'm going to do this for the glory of God or not. Make sense? And we do this all with the gloss of the Holy Spirit working in us and opening our eyes to God's truth. And so we live under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And as we're working that out individually, then we ask our group of people that we may be living life with. We, we invite them into the conversation in Christian community. So we don't go to our non-Christian friends to help us analyze if something is for God's glory or not because they're not going to really give us godly advice, right? We go to our Christian friends, our small group folks, and say, hey, I'm wrestling with this. Can you help me? Am I missing something here? Does that, are you guys following me here? That's how we determine what is godly, not what, what, if, this, if this we can do for the glory of God. Are, are you guys following me? And so for me, when I'm, when I'm thinking about something or I'm watching a show or whatever, and, and, and I sense the Holy Spirit convicting me a little bit, I, I, I really try to, if I start to feel bad about something, I'm like, oh, okay, is that the Holy Spirit working on me? That I need, that I need, to, that I need to stop this activity or stop watching the show or, or maybe not say what I may want to say to somebody? And once I determine, yeah, the Holy Spirit's like telling me, whoa, then I just don't do it. I walk away. Because I want to be a person, whatever I do, I want to do for the glory of God. Are you guys, are you guys following me? So this principle, whatever you do, do for the glory of God, is not just, I want to, it's not just about what not to do. Because this God's a proactive God. I want to focus on, a, on what we should do. This, this principle, whatever we do, do, do for the glory of God, what, what, it helps us understand what we should do, what we should be doing that advances God's kingdom. And so Paul says this in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And remember, Ainsley read this to start, and I, I want to remind you of a couple of things that, that Paul said in Colossians. Remember, we have died with Christ. Now we've risen with Christ. Christ lives in us, so stop doing all that nonsense. That breaks relationships. No, instead, clothe yourself with patience and kindness and gentleness and love. So you become a person who's a, really a peacemaker that, that's bringing positive reconciliation to relationships in this world. Be that way. And so as he works through that, the only conclusion that Paul can come to is what he says in verse 17. He says, so given all that, whatever you do or say, because Christ has saved you from the dead, in essence, okay, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Man, we represent Christ in everything we do, giving thanks Through him to God the Father. Notice the word whatever. Whatever we do. Every word. Every action. Is to be done in Jesus' name. And with thanksgiving. It's not just about what we don't do. It's, It's about how we go about living. Every second. Of every day. Every moment is a gift. Every, every breath is a gift. Everything we eat and drink is a gift. In a sense, all of life is a sacrament. It's a sacred gift from God 
So whatever we do, we do for God's glory because we are now God's. He died for us so that we could have life. So, so God is our life. As we talked about last week in Psalm 23, God provides everything that we need. Food, drink, shelter, all of our basic necessities. God provides everything we need to be who God has created us to be. Again, God, let me say it, God is the only necessity of life. And therefore, we can say that the Lord, not some system, not some government, not some politician. No, 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 no. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And therefore, I live for God's glory in whatever I do. Are you guys, are you guys with me this morning? Again, God's main aim in our lives is not to help us do the do, do, right, wrong. Do, do, no, God's main aim is to teach us how to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, love our neighbor as ourselves, and teach others to do the same. And as we embrace that teaching, then we give glory to God in whatever we do. Whatever we do, we give glory to God. Now, I'm going to interact with someone. I'm going to call him up to the stage. Anthony, come on up. I want to interact with someone. Uh, his name, I'll, let you tell him, I'll let him tell you his full name. I, I want to interact with this person who is, I'm going to tell you right here, right now, right off the bat, that he is a man who is giving God glory in everything he does. But it wasn't always that way. It started that way. And then as you'll hear, something happened. And then something happened again where God just resurrected that kind of life in him. And now he's a man who's living for the glory of God in whatever he does. Let me, let me, let me grab a seat for you, if you don't mind. Uh, we, last, we, we tried to do social distancing last time, and we were like 10 feet apart. So we're going to get a little closer, because I, I think it's a six feet. We were like, we were like way too way too crazy last time. So, so let me ask you this, Anthony. Why don't you, if you don't mind, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Tell, tell, tell our folks who we are. No, not that mic. Not this one. No, uh-uh. No, this, this, this mic right here, man. I don't even know where you found that mic. I mean, I've never even seen that mic in my life, right? Like, I have no idea, but no, this is, this is, this is the mic. It's all right. Hey, we'll, we'll break the ice a little bit more. I have some... I'm two for two. It's all right. I have some friends that... I actually have some friends that are watching online. They wanted to hear you. They want to hear what God's doing in you. So can you say hi to Dom and Heather for me? Hi, Dom and Heather. Yeah, How's and going? you know what? They also have a daughter. Her name's Caitlin. Why don't you say hi to her, too? Hey, Caitlin. How's it going? She's 27, too, by the way. Uh, I couldn't resist. Had a little That's fun, right? right? <laughs> I'm going to get beat you up later, but... Hey, that's the way it goes. Can you, can you just introduce yourself to... Uh, to, uh, to our friends here online and, and everyone sitting here. Yeah, yeah. So my name is Anthony Greta. Um, I'm 29 years old, not 27. Okay. 29. <laughs> so uh, 30 in September, it's sneaking up on me. But uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've lived in McMinnville for what, about eight years now. I've been coming to church on the hill this go around for about a year and a half. Okay. And I'm going to start there. I want everyone to hear right now before we go back in time. <laughs> what are you doing? Right? How are you serving at Church on the Hill right now? Yeah, so I guess we'd want to rewind a little bit, right? So um, when, I, when I came back to church about a year and a half ago, yeah. I mean, I was, I was on fire. Yeah. You know, I, I had been gone for a while, hadn't been coming to church, hadn't been focusing on God, and I knew I needed something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and not just something. I knew what I needed. I needed God. Yeah. 
And so I just came back to church with every intent of just plugging in what, whatever that looked like. Right. Yeah. And so I showed up, and it happened to be week one mm-hmm. of the life track. Yeah. So I was like, man, that's a, that's a perfect fit. So, so I started there. I went through the life track course. Um, that was awesome. That opened up a couple of different doors. Um, I signed up for like every small group to, that I could get my hands on, you know. So I was doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, I wound up help, helping out with the welcome team. Yeah. So you see me, you know, walking around. I'm grinning. I got the mask, but I'm grinning. That's <laughs> a, I, I always am. So, uh, uh, so I do that. And now I've been blessed. Uh, uh, recently, I have the opportunity to uh, to serve with High Point on the youth group team. Okay. So cool. I've been doing that for a while. Good. Good. Um, and so, so again, this guy is is living for the glory of God and whatever he does, and we'll get more into that in, in, in a minute, but it wasn't always that way. No. But it started that way. It did. So, so why don't you tell these folks, give them a sense of so, so how you were growing up, and, 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 and you, you guys were heavily involved in church in Beaverton. Why don't you just give people a little bit of sense of, of, of some of your development as, as, a, as a youngster? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think kind of what was going on in my family at that time had a lot to do with that, you know, starting at a, at a, at a pretty young age. So um, my mom and my dad split up when I was about three. My little brother had just been born. Um, dad was struggling with, with alcohol, and that had really kind of consumed his life pretty badly. So his behavior was pretty toxic, and, and uh, so mom and, mom and dad split. And, and uh, we, were, we were going to church going to church pretty heavy, you know, all through that same time. Mom was bringing her A game, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but And looking back on it now, I don't think necessarily that I – that I realized this then, you know, as a, as a kid that was that young, but I was looking for kind of a father figure, yeah. you know, in, in quite a few different ways. And so we had, you know, because of our church family, I had, I had a couple of, you know, a couple of versions of that. Yeah. Um, but one of them that, uh, that really was kind of pretty close um, was Pastor Ron, who mm-hmm. was the lead pastor in uh, Beaverton Foursquare, Ron Mill, yeah. where we had been going for so long. And so he kind of, you know, from a distance even yeah. became kind of a father figure to me. Yeah. Um, and so I would say from, you know, the, the ripe old age of about eight, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's where yeah. we're at. Yeah. <laughs> um, God had kind of put on my heart, you know, a call to the, to the ministry. Yeah. Um, and so I, I remember it. I remember it clearly. I never really did the, you know, a lot of kids at that age, they, they know what they want to be when they grow up, right? They're going to be a hero of this kind or a, you know, whatever it was. And, and I, don't, I don't know if I didn't have the imagination for that or what, but <laughs> I never really did much of that yeah. um, until one day Pastor Ron uh, delivered a sermon. And, and I, I think it just kind of hit with me. And, and, and I remember, you know, out in the parking lot on the way back out to the car after church, I told my mom, I was like, Mom, I, I think I figured out, you know, what I want to do for a living. She's like, what? I was like, yeah, I think I want to be a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> so here, the, here, here we on this eight years old in a worship service, God speaks. He does what you should do when God speaks. He goes and gets accountable. So he goes, the only person he really knows, his mom, and he's out in the parking lot and says, hey, mom, God's called me to be a pastor. And of course you're like, mm, okay, let's see how this kind of plays out, right? <laughs> yeah. But I want you to hear that God speaks to everyone. Doesn't matter age. All right? Beautiful thing. Okay, so 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 how did things transpire after that? Yes. You still were at church, you still you guys were attending Beaverton's Foursquare. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so we were uh, we were there at Beaverton Foursquare for quite a while and then uh, I think kind of the next big thing, right, is when we moved. Yeah, okay. Right? So um, 
sometime right before my ninth grade year, right before going into high school, uh, my mom had met my stepdad. That was all going great. We had just kind of remodeled that house that we were living in there in Beaverton. And he was kind of a country kid growing up, growing yeah. up which worked for me. Yeah. Right. So we fixed that house up a little bit and uh, we moved. We wanted to get out in the country and boy, we did it. Right. <laughs> so we were like eight or nine miles past Grand Ronde out towards the coast. We found a little chunk of property out there. Um, kind of land had been let go. So. Mm -hmm. So we got, uh, we got real involved in that, building a new house, fixing that land up a little bit, raising cattle, doing all that kind of stuff. Um, and at that point, um, the reason that that's significant is because I think right about that season in my life is when I first started to kind of get comfortable mm -hmm. with getting lazy mm -hmm. with my faith. Okay. And, and part of the reason for that was just you know, I mean, Grand Ronde's a long ways away from Beaverton. <laughs> and so we, we, you know, between that and all the distractions with the new stuff going on and building and, you know, you get busy on the weekends when you're trying to build a house and stuff, right? So, so it was a lot of distractions. And so we quit going to church. And, you know, being here with, with you know, your church family is, yeah. you know, it's, it, it might not be everything, but it does help. Yeah. And we weren't doing it. And so that was kind of you know, kind of the start. I certainly hadn't turned my back on God or anything sure. like that. But th like I said, that was kind of the start of me, you know, being lazy in that way. So being lazy, not being as rooted as you could be. That's right. Not and, being focused. Yeah, not being <laughs> focused. And then your senior year of high school, uh, you have a significant event that occurs in your life. And if you wouldn't mind sharing that with them and talk about how that impacted you. Yeah, no, that did. That impacted me and, and a lot of my friends and family. I mean, it was, that was a pretty, it was pretty traumatic. I think it was about two weeks into senior year. Um, I was driving on the way to school in the mornings, and, and we lived way out in Grand Ronde, right? So, so I had my little brother with me in the car and two of my good friends from school, and we're headed down Highway 22, this windy, tight little kind of coastal highway. And uh, we came up on an 18-wheeler going the other direction that was kind of crossing the center line, and we wound up hitting head-on on the way to school. And so my brother and my friend and I were all taken to three different hospitals, which was kind of a disaster for all the friends and family trying to figure out what was going on with varying degrees of injury from bumps and bruises to a couple weeks in ICU. Um, but my other friend didn't, didn't make it. She passed away on the scene before we, before we even left. So that was, that, I mean, just that, right, is, yeah. is, is pretty traumatic. You know, you're just going to school. It was like a Tuesday morning, sure. just, you know. Um, but to kind of add insult to injury, right, um, you know, a couple of 18-year-old kids and, you know, and younger all packed in a car headed yeah. to school in the morning, I wound up kind of taking the blame for that, yeah. right? And so kind of to our surprise, a few weeks later, there were charges being brought against me that were pretty serious. I was... I was looking at, you know, 25 plus years and, you know, in prison. And, yeah. and so, and it's, man, it seems like it was forever, but talking about it and kind of thinking about the timeline, I think it was about three years yeah. that, that I was kind of fighting that, you know, and so, you know, I was right at that age, 18, 19, 20, 21, when I'm kind of trying to get going, yeah. right? And I was waking up every day thinking, you know, I'm doing these things, I'm working, I'm doing whatever, but I'm, I might be, I might be thrown in prison for 25 some years. Yeah. So it was really discouraging. Um, and I think, I think, you know, the reason why it was significant to talk about kind of getting lazy, you know, with my faith yeah. was because when that happened, you know, I think if I was in a better spot with my, with my spiritual life, I, I may have responded to that differently. Yeah. But because I wasn't really in tune with God, I wasn't, you know, praying and doing all that. Um, I just, I just wound up being angry. Yeah. You know, I just kind of was, 
it felt like an attack sure. from, you know, going from just kind of a tragedy to, to an attack. And I was just really upset about mm -hmm. it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And even when three years later it came out when the evidence showed that it was, it was really the, the, the 18 Wheeler guy's fault, not, not your fault. Yeah. You, you, which was great. It cleared you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. You know, the charges were dropped, right? I mean, it, it took three years, but yeah, the charges mm -hmm. were dropped. So mm -hmm. we, we never wound up even going to trial. Yeah. Um, it was just, uh, everything was up in the air mm -hmm. for a long time. Mm -hmm. It was, it was pretty discouraging. So because of that event shapes you, 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 you come a little bit more angry and you just start throwing yourself into, into your work. Is that? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just got consumed with just everything that I was doing, you know, and I'm real hands on. So, I mean, I was remodeling old houses and I was fixing up old cars and, and doing stuff like that. I even started a metal fabrication business out of the shop. I mean, I was just doing everything yeah. to, to keep myself busy. Right. And, and you, I think you said that just, turn your focus away from God, you just be, you just, yeah, it really did. I mean, like you said, at a time when, you know, a tragedy like that happens and yeah. you would think that that might be something that, that, you know, kind of wakes you up, right? Wake sure. up call. Um, I just wasn't in a good spot. So I, so I wound up focusing on that. And, uh, instead of doing what I needed to do, which was, which was focus on God. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of distracted myself with all these other things that I was doing and, and, you know, just getting, I'm, I'm really good at being busy. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But, Man, that's not a good thing. Yeah. You know, sometimes there's a huge difference between being busy and being effective. Yeah. You know, and so it depends on what you're trying to be effective at, right? Yeah, that's and awesome. And so I just got kind of consumed in, mm -hmm. in everything that I was doing. Yeah. And then you had an, another interesting event happen. <laughs> and what's interesting about that event is that uh, it um, involved alcohol. Yeah. And your dad, I mean, you said earlier, your dad was an alcoholic in essence and struggled with that. Oh, yeah. And so up until that point in time, you, you, you had no, you just didn't touch alcohol. No, yeah, that was, I and mean, then I, what happened? I really, I really kind of never even looked at that stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, in just being distracted, you know, in these other things, I was trying to do my own thing, which doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, after a while, you know, I had just been working so much and just, you know, trying to build and do things. And, and I, I really felt like I just kind of, I need to let loose a little bit, you know? And so then I kind of became distracted by some friends that I had made that really didn't have my back, you know, in, in some ways. Um, and so then I started to do, like you said, something that I had never even looked at before, which was, which was drink alcohol, yeah. you know, and, and I didn't have like an addiction, but if the situation called for some social drinking, I was in, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's kind of where I was at. And, uh, and so, you know, it, it, just like everything else, it starts out small yeah. and it, and it kind of built up and, and, you know, fast forward down that path, just a little ways, you know, I, I, I wound up conceiving a child. Yeah. Because of alcohol? I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you still made the choice, though. But exactly. you woke up one morning, you're like, what just happened? Yeah, that's pretty much exactly how it happened. Woke up one morning, and, and no, I mean, the alcohol at all is, is 100% is not an excuse. Yeah. But make no mistake about it, it is, it is a tool that the devil will use. Yeah. You know what I mean? To try and get a hold of you. And so, and so that's what he did. Um, but that's, you know, that's why I love that song so much. Yeah. Because... I, you Which know, one's that? Grave the Gardens? Graves in the Gardens. That's what I was going to say. Because, you know, I mean, at first that, you know, I found out I'm, I, I've done things incredibly out of order. Yeah. You know, I'm not even in, in a relationship. Yeah. And, and, I, and here's, look what I've done. And there's a lot of emotion and, and just like kind of fear. And what am I going to do now? And there's other people to consider. And, uh, but the, man, the thing about it is after, after kind of getting over that, that little girl is almost five years old now. And there's nothing about her I'd change. Yeah. 
the whole thing has been more of a blessing than I can imagine. Sure. Her and her mother, we work great together as a team, and and I mean, it's just been it's just mm -hmm. been a huge blessing. Mm -hmm. And what is her name? Her name's Ellie. Ellie. Yeah, she yeah. was here at the last service. She went home. But, she? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beautiful little girl. Yeah, thank you. Beautiful little girl. So, so now you find yourself you're you're a dad. Right. Still working. Mm-hmm. And then you got a job at this company called what? Ascentech Engineering. And yeah. what happened there? <laughs> so, you know, like I said, I had just been allowing myself to just be busy and just not, you know, turning my attention to the right things. And, and uh, um, Ascentech, working at Ascentech Engineering is the first time that I ever really just kind of slowed down. Yeah. You know, I had just been hustling and bustling too much. And, and uh it's just a different type of work. I had done a lot of construction and things like that. They were all high paced, just go, go, go all the time. And as a CNC machinist, there's just, there's a lot of downtime, yeah. right? And so, I, I mean, I was just bored, yeah. right? I wasn't used to that. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was like, you know, yeah. just standing around waiting. Sure. It's not my thing. And so it, it, but what it really did do, and I, and I think looking back on this later, I'm, I'm projecting, but I think at some point in my life, I will look back at the job that I have at Ascentech yeah. as probably one of the most valuable jobs I've ever had yeah. because of this. It, yeah. it, it forced me to slow down because yeah. I was on the clock. I couldn't yeah. go anywhere else, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's like, hey, just wait, you know. And so I wound up doing a lot of thinking, and the Holy Spirit was just, I mean, he was out there throwing rocks in my window, you know. <laughs> I mean, just like, hey, bro, sure. I've been here this sure. whole time. Sure. And so it, it, it kind of it got me thinking. And but then at the same time, you know, the more I got thinking about that, it's like, OK, here I'm, you know, 27 or maybe 28, however old I was when I when I first started there. And I'm and I've got this job that's pretty cool. Yeah. But I'm just bored. Like, yeah. what am I doing? Yeah, I love that question. Like, What am I doing? Like, what am I doing in life? I don't know if you've ever asked that question or not. Like, like you start getting the job and you think this is it. And then you're just you get up. You eat, you go to work, you come home, and you start to ask, like, what, is this it? Like, yeah. wh what am I doing? I love that you asked that question. What did that lead to? What, did you start listening to something, or? Yeah, I mean, it just became real obvious real fast that it's like, there's more, right? Yeah. And so, and, and, and I knew, right? And so, when I, when I first started to kind of, you know, lean back in and, and, and consider those things, you know, consider God and, and, and kind of shift my focus in that direction, it didn't happen real fast. Yeah. But I kind of started to make those shifts. And as I did, I kind of started to reevaluate myself and just where I was and who I was. And along with that, you know, just the type of guy that I am, I, you know, I was kind of doing the same thing with all my friends and family and, you know, just the people in my circle and where are they at and what do they need and that yeah, kind of thing too, yeah. right? And, and so it was, it was kind of funny because, I mean, God will sneak stuff in yeah. when he needs to, yeah. you know? <laughs> and so I wound up at work listening to a podcast about about a topic that I wanted to kind of freshen up on because I had a good friend that was struggling with something Got and it. I figured maybe I can help him out a little bit sure you know but I wasn't coming from the best spot either yeah. so maybe I should do my homework <laughs> and uh and I'll be able to help them out but what wound up happening is I just kind of got busy while that video was playing I was using YouTube and so it auto played to the next video which was just another sermon by the same guy yeah. And the title of that sermon, which I didn't even know at first, I found out later when I looked, was How to Hear God Speak to You. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay. <laughs> God speaks, so, right? Yeah, so the, you know, the example that he used in that sermon was there was a man at his church that, yeah. had, that had come to him and said, hey, you know, I, I, haven't hear, I haven't 
heard God speak to me in a long time. I yeah. feel like my relationship with God has is, is kind of gone by yeah. the wayside. And so they started to kind of unpack that a little bit. And what they found was that, you know, back when, back when that guy had last heard from God, yeah. God had given him a pretty clear set of instructions mm-hmm. to go do something. Or, and I don't know what it was, but yeah. the point of the story was, you know, the, the pastor started to say, look, you know, God's never going to leave your side and he's always got your back. But, you know, when, when he gives you something to do, and you choose to take your own path, it's going to be harder for you to stay in tune with him. Yeah. And then you may not hear his voice, sure. right? He's over there yelling, but you, you may <laughs> not know how to hear it. Right. And, and, so, and so he kind of finished that by saying, you know, sometimes when God gives you something to do, yeah. you got to do it. And if you don't, you may not hear from him. And I, I swear I could almost see God's hand come down and just smack me upside the head. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what are you doing? Yeah, it was like in that moment, I was just like, oh, there it is. <laughs> and so, I mean, it, but it just hit me like a ton of bricks, yeah. you know. I mean, I was at, at first, it just like, it, it took a second to sink in. And then pretty soon, I'm just like ugly crying. <laughs> and I had to go out to my truck and just like collect myself and, and come back in. And it was, it was an easy day, luckily. So I was able to finish the day. But, but yeah, I, I had my come to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and so and so after that transpired, what 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 did you then? What, how did you take the next step? So I I continued just you know with what with what I was doing right, focusing on you know who I was and where I was at right mm-hmm. because I knew that you know I, at at some point in life I had this calling right, but that's kind of how I was viewing it mm-hmm. was that I had this calling at some point. Mm-hmm. It was all it had become past tense, mm-hmm. and so you know but that was still there, I figured, right? Mm -hmm. I just didn't know what that was going to look like or in what capacity I might be able to do anything with that. And so, you know, being kind of fresh to getting back into this, and and I just figured, okay, I'm going to try and just get back on the right trajectory, Mm -hmm. right? So I started just listening to more and more of those podcasts with that kind of that uplifting message Uh and and getting in the Word in the mornings Uh when I wake up and and just kind of doing that, just trying to get right with God and get back to where I could hear yeah. and communicate with God. Come a part of a community faith. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, and so you're making, you're right now deciding about what school to go to online because yeah. you want to, you want to get trained for this calling that God has on your life, right? Yeah, that's right. So what that wound up looking like is like, you know, hey man, you know, you hear these, these revival stories and I, I like to use Nikki Cruz as an example for anybody that knows that story. It's a wild revival story. And so I never really thought that like, you know, God wouldn't be able to use me. I just didn't necessarily know in, in, you know, in what role that yeah, might be. Yeah. Um, but man, what I found out is you just got more of a story now. It's the yeah. same thing, man. Yeah. You're just late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's where I wound up. I've now been accepted to two different uh, Bible colleges yeah. and, and I'm, I'm, you know, still kind of praying for some guidance as to which one to go to, but we're getting a little closer to the wire. So yeah. I'll have a decision here pretty soon, I think, yeah. but yeah. yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to school for ministry of some yeah. kind. And yeah get into the ministry and just kind of see what kind of doors uh, God opens up for me. Awesome. And, and, and what I love about Anthony is he's not like thinking, oh, well, in a couple years, I'll be used by God. He's like, God, how do you want to use me now? Because I just want to do what? Bring glory to you and, and yeah. whatever I do. So, 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 so how is God using you right now, right here at your job? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, where it first started was just trying to be you know, somebody that's different, mm-hmm. right? I'm just going to kind of focus on that, right? And try and, you know, 
live a life for Christ, yeah. right? And, and and then what that kind of wound up becoming, I'm listening to all these podcasts, yeah. and I'm I'm paying a lot better attention to the people around me and where they're where they might be at yeah. and that kind of thing. And so as I'm listening to these podcasts, I started taking notes to yeah. what I was listening to. Something that would hit me, just some kind of a powerful saying. I kind of figured, you know, if I can be listening to that podcast and that guy can say that one thing and it basically just changes my life, yeah. why couldn't the same thing happen for anybody else? Yeah. Right. So as I was listening to these things and somebody would say something, I would, I would write it down. It helps me remember it. I'm yeah. real forgetful. Yeah. And, but then I would leave those there yeah. for those other guys to, to kind of find. And that, yeah. wound, that wound up leading to all kinds of different conversation. Yeah. Um, we, we, had a, we had a guy at my work that was, uh, you know, he's, he's a friend of mine. Yeah. Um, that made an attempt on his life. Yeah. Um, so he was out of, you know, of work for quite yeah. a while, kind of recovering yeah. from that. And while he was gone, that sparked up, I mean, so much conversation, yeah. you know, about, you know, where he was at mm. and why he might have been where he sure. was and what was missing from his life, yeah. you know. And so that without people even yeah. knowing it, they, you know, would bring it up yeah. and open that door to, to say, I mean, yep. what's the purpose to life, yeah. man? Bringing glory to God. And whatever he does at work, writing even notes, being there as a sounding board for people. And then here at Church on the Hill, serving from a youth perspective. And what is it about serving on the, on the youth team that just, that just makes you go, wow, like what, what is it? Why, yeah. do you, why, do you, why do you like doing that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, first of all, you know, I, I said before, I think probably the only thing I don't like about the youth program is that we can't do it every day. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just love it. I, I really look forward to, to, to going there and doing that. We always have so much fun. It's a, it's a, it's a great group of kids. But, you know, it's, so I'm helping out primarily with the eighth grade. Yeah. And, and so I think back to where I was in eighth grade. Yeah. And that's right before we had moved. Yeah. That's right when I was kind of, you know, I, I had this calling on my life. And I was, you know, I was still real young, yeah. but I was kind of starting to live that out and figured out, you know, I'm just going to ride that train. Yeah. And man, that didn't work out for me. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, I, you know, a lot of these kids are in kind of that same spot. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, any opportunity to kind of like, hey, man, praising God is cool. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, just breathe life into them. But man, it's also been amazing how much of a two-way street it is. Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily even expected that going into yeah. it because, you know, you kind of think like, yeah, you know, this would be a great opportunity to, you know, have fun and kind of breathe sure. life into these, sure. these kids and whatever opportunity you have. But what, you know, serving there, what I found out, man, before, you know, even anything else probably was that that came with, you know, some accountability for me. Yeah. And so then it was like, okay, you know, if you're going to be in this situation, are you going to, are you going to say this thing? Are you going to post that post? Yeah. Are you going right. to do this or do that? Right. You know, right. and so it, 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 it really is sure. full circle. Sure. It's been pretty amazing so far. Last question. You can say it to these people here, people watching online. What's one thing that you'd want them to hear from you right now? You got, you got to focus. Um, you know, like, like I was saying before, I, I put my focus on so many of the wrong things. So it's not necessarily just focusing. It's, it's focusing on, on your relationship with Christ because... I mean, if you, you can ask my four-year-old this question, yeah. and she knows it. I'll say, Ellie, and I ask her this all the time because I want her to, like, grow up remembering <laughs> that she knew this. Sure. Um, what's the purpose to life? And you've heard the saying, to know God and to make God yeah. known. Yeah. Well, so she's four, so it's love Jesus and tell everyone else Jesus loves him. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> <Right>? awesome. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, that's the focus. Yeah. you gotta, you got to focus on that. Sure. And everything else is just, like, 
you just fit it in while you're here. You yeah, know? <laughs> awesome. Well, Anthony, hey, thank you for sharing. Anthony Greta, a man who's living... A man who's living for the glory of God in whatever he does. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm going to leave you with two questions. And this is where I want you to take a picture of. If you have your phone or if you want to write it down, I want you to, I want you to wrestle with these two questions this week. And the, first, and the first question is this, if they put it up on the screen. Is there any area or activity in my life that may not glorify God? Just sit with that. Let the Holy Spirit go, oh, right there, or oh, right there. Oh, man, you may not want to be doing that. That's not life-giving. So I want you to sit with that question this week. And then, and then if, you, if the Holy Spirit identifies anything, I want you to get accountable to somebody. Maybe it's in your small group. Maybe it's a family member saying, hey, can you help me here? I'm going to try to, I'm going to, try to stop doing this because I don't think this is healthy. This doesn't really bring glory to God. And I want to be a person that brings glory to God in whatever I do. And then the second question I want you to ask, and if you throw that one up there and take a picture of this one or write it down, is there, is there one activity that you could do that would bring glory to God? What's something you could do? Maybe it's it maybe being a word of life person. Maybe like Anthony, he writes some notes to his coworkers and just leaves them there for them. Maybe it's giving a word of life to your kid or to your spouse or to a neighbor Maybe it's seeing a neighbor in need and saying, hey, do you need help with something? You need me to go run to the grocery store for you, whatever it may be. Maybe, maybe like Anthony's doing, he's saying, hey, you made me for something. I want to give back. And so he's serving in the teen area. Maybe it's leading a small group. Maybe it's attending a small group and bringing someone with you. And I want you to ask that question. Because well, I want us to be people of, uh, to, that bring God glory in whatever we do. Whatever we do, we bring glory to God. Are you with me this morning? Will you pray with me? Pray for that to happen. Oh God, I just come to you this morning. It's the pastor here at Church of the Hill just interceding on behalf of everyone and myself included. Help us to see in our own life what doesn't bring glory to you and then purge that from us, eliminate that from our life. God, and, and then what I'm asking you to do is, is work us with your spirit. <laughs> Show us what we should do that brings glory to you and then give us the courage and strength to do it because we just want to bring you glory in whatever we do. And then use us to bring more peace, your love and your joy, and your gentleness and your kindness to every situation that you put us in. Help us to radiate your image to everyone in our sphere of influence, God. May we bring glory to you in whatever we do in Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' powerful name, in Jesus' life-giving name. We pray and ask, amen. Will you stand with me this morning and just, just sing this song?